Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Today is the first episode of the new year, and I figured I would focus on the five things that you need to do to overcome your pornography addiction in 2023. And for many of you who are listening, both men and women, if the husband or if the man, you as a man listening, are able to overcome your addiction, it would be an absolute dream come true. And how do I know that? I was on the phone today for about six hours speaking with different men who had reached out because they were looking for help. I opened up a brand new coaching program. I've worked with husbands, I've worked with couples, but I'm opening up specifically a new coaching program for the men. And there was about six, seven, eight people who reached out saying that they wanted some help, they wanted to learn a bit more about it. And the big promise of this program is that within the span of 12 weeks, you will completely overcome your addiction. And how we're gonna do that is I'm gonna give you my step-by-step process from start to finish to know exactly what to focus on at each phase of the process. You get 12 weeks of support and coaching. You get unlimited support in between coaching calls. So if something comes up the day after the call and you, you get triggered or a fight happens in your relationship or something happens then you can reach out to me and I'm kind of like on call where I can help you and support you. And then there's a bunch of tools and strategies to help you restore your relationship, heal the damage, rebuild the trust, And all this comes with a guarantee. I don't know any other therapist that does this, but I wanted to find such a compelling offer for people so they would say yes to the program so truly that their lives could change. And so the guarantee is that you will overcome your addiction within the span of these 12 weeks, within the time that you're in the program. And if for whatever reason you don't, then I will work with you for free until you do. And so... I had about, like I said, six hours of calls today, and there are some things that I wanted to share with you on the podcast that I feel like resonate with so many people that who, who listen, and then I want to share with you the five things that you need to do this year if you want to overcome this addiction permanently, and that might seem kind of, I don't know, a, a big promise to say that you can overcome this in 12 weeks, but truly it is possible, and how it's possible is what I'm going to lay out with you today over these next, you know, for the next little bit on the episode. One thing that I realized that as I was speaking with people is that there's some concern about this being a long-standing issue. So I, I go over the whole thing. I learn about their situation. It's like I like hopping on calls with people saying, you know, tell me where you are. If I can help you, great. If I can't, no no worries at all. I'll maybe point you in the right direction or give you some resources. And there were multiple people today who said, like, this all sounds great. I would love to do this. But their concern is that this has been such a long-standing issue. Their concern is that because they've failed so many times in the past, what if this was another one of those things? And I completely understand that. I 100% understand that. And what I ended up sharing with them is kind of, maybe I'll start off this episode with the first thing that you have to do in 2023. This is a part of what I shared with these guys. I said, in the traditional ways of approaching addiction, it's very much about symptom management and maintenance. And so in the traditional way of approaching this, any any traditional uh, therapist or thought leader or you know somebody who's been in that particular way of looking at things, anybody who writes these books will all tell you it takes three to five years. 
no exaggeration you can look up anywhere you can look up any of these like i don't know people who have been doing this for 20 30 years it they'll tell you it takes three to five years and so i think that that's true if you use the traditional approach and so the traditional way of doing this is very much maintenance it's symptom management it's having ways to deal with triggers and trying to cope with urges and push through them and as i was being trained in this traditional approach about 12 years ago i just thought there's got to be a better way to do this and so i was obsessed with learning and finding new ways of approaching this and getting new tools and bringing things that were not in the recovery world bringing tools from different sources into the recovery world and so the first thing that you must put in place if you're going to overcome this addiction this year is you have to understand what your triggers are. And the reason why this is so important is because, again, I shared this multiple times on these calls with the guys. So often people are getting the tools to manage the symptoms, manage the urges, manage the temptations, try to find a way to distract themselves. And while there's a place for just kind of cruising over these speed bumps, Truly being able to find freedom goes one layer deeper than that. And this is what I was explaining to them. And so for you who are listening, the layer deeper than that is understanding what your triggers are and resolving them. And some of these triggers are going to be much deeper than, you know, I'm stressed or there's an opportunity. I'm home alone. I see an attractive person at the store. Like so often these very surface level triggers, there's something deeper. There's one layer beneath that that drives it. And usually it's some kind of a it's some kind of a limiting belief about ourself, about you know, having some sense of shame, about not being enough, feeling like a failure, feeling unworthy, broken, some unmet need on a deeper emotional level. Usually it's on that level. And it's so critical to understand what the core drivers of this are, because if you don't, you're going to continually just be managing the symptoms. And so often what people do, it's almost like having a dam at the base of a river. Eventually, the dam is going to fill up or the water is going to fill up and brim over. It's going to spill over the brim of the dam. And eventually, because it's so heavy, the dam is going to break. And so the goal is not to build a stronger dam. The goal is to eliminate the water. And so what that looks like is understanding your triggers, understanding what these deeper level drivers are, and resolving them at that level. Because once you do that, and this is a part of what I was explaining to one person, if you have a trigger, a deeper level trigger, and let's say one of them is stress. Sure, can stress be a trigger? Yes, of course. Usually there's other drivers there. But let's say, okay, I'm stressed or I feel like I'm a failure. Okay, so the goal then is to understand exactly what it is to do some inner work to resolve that so that the next time you're faced with a stressful situation, it is no longer linked with the addiction. So in other words, there's been an association that's made between stress, between feeling unworthy or failing or any other trigger. There's an association or a link between that and the acting out. I shared this, you know, the analogy of the domino, like, I don't know, three or four or five episodes ago. You're welcome to go back and listen to that. But the idea is that if the trigger is linked with the addiction or linked with this old pattern on an emotional level, anytime the trigger fires off, the temptation is going to be there. It'll be a thought that gnaws in the back of your mind. And ultimately, you have to find some way to navigate that 
But so many men that I work with say that even if they distract themselves successfully for a little bit, the thought will come back. So item number one on this list of five is understanding and resolving your triggers. It has to be done if you truly want freedom. Number two, it's getting your needs met in a different way. And it's important to point out that the need is not sex. A pornography addiction is not about having a high sex drive. An addiction is a coping mechanism. And underneath that, again, are so often these triggers and then number two, these unmet needs. So for instance, when somebody, you know, I've worked with people where they say in the very beginning, like these are the situations that I have a hard time with. I go to the gym and I notice myself scanning around and I'm looking for, you know, somebody and then, you know, we want to you know, I kind of, I look to see if they're looking at me and we kind of lock eyes and that sends me the message that I'm enough. It sends me the message that I'm, you know, I've got, I've still got it. I'm validated. I feel like worthy or seen. And that is the deeper level thing so often for people or like one of them anyways. In this particular case, it's that somebody wanting validation, wanting to know that they're enough or that they're chosen or they're worthy. And so they do these things, scanning the gym, getting attention from other people online or whatever that looks like. Pornography is, a, again, a counterfeit way to do this as well. But it's very often linked to a negative self-image or a negative belief about yourself that gets in the way. So the deeper level need is to feel a sense of worthiness, is to access and experience your worth. And I know a lot of people intellectually think like, of course, like human beings, we all have worth. But if you're not plugged into that actively, and if you don't feel that on an emotional level, it's just a, like a, a nice concept. And the void that you feel from not having those needs met, that's a big part of what drives this addiction as well. So, that, so the second item on this list is you've got to get these needs met in a different way. So finding your worth, experiencing your value, or whatever other need is driving this. But again, it is definitely not sex. Of course, we're all sexual beings and feelings like sexual desire comes up, but that feeling is manageable. You can That, that just can come and go when it's not being driven by something deeper. Number three on this list is connection. So often guys will say that they cope by using their addiction when there's fighting in their relationship, when there's tension, when there's disconnection, when they feel like they let their wife down. And none of this is their wife's fault. <clears throat> if there's disconnection in the marriage, it's not her fault. That's not her responsibility to then just kind of stay quiet and not bring up any of her concerns or not share how she feels for fear of triggering him. That's not it at all. It's his responsibility to do his deeper work, to get his needs met in a different way. And number three, learn how to connect with her in a way or communicate with her in a way that can connect. And in a way that each of them can get their needs met in the relationship by feeling close, right? The needs of connection, of support, of love, of acceptance. If a husband does not know how to do that, I can't tell you how many wives I've worked with when I talk about, hey, connection is such an important part of this process. And then she instantly feels either angry or discouraged and thinks to herself, not even thinks, but like says in session, this is really upsetting because I've been nothing but present. I've been nothing but loving and caring and accepting and here for him. And then he goes off and does this. And so the response to that is that it's not her fault that she, that 
he turns away from her and goes somewhere else. It doesn't mean that she's not doing her part or not trying to connect with him or you know, not being present in the relationship. Connection is a two-way street and it requires being able to receive it. And so as much as a wife is present with her husband and cares about and loves him and will do anything for him, if he does not know how to receive and internalize that love and acceptance, there will be a disconnect. And so he needs to learn how to connect with his wife or connect with somebody else. If he's single, connect with whether it's friends or family or groups or, you know, there's any number of ways to get those needs of connection met, but it's an absolutely essential part of the process. I'm sure many of you have heard the quote that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. And truly, I 100% stand behind that idea. I've seen so many people as I work with them, giving them the tools that they need to have the relationship that they want by virtue of having a better relationship where they know how to connect and they know how to be vulnerable and receive love and give love by virtue of doing that. And sometimes by only doing that, will he find that the triggers are significantly reduced. And then you couple these other things with it, understanding the triggers and resolving them, getting the needs met in a different way. You couple all those things together. He's in a completely different place. So connection is an absolutely essential skill. And the good thing, again, that the way that I like to approach this is I do not like to separate husbands and wives. Traditional approaches will. And this is something that never resonated with me. Because why would you separate a husband and wife from learning how to reach to each other in a more healthy way and postpone that for 18 months. It just never made sense to me. And so there's a way, this is why I like working with couples in this process in this process as well, because there's a way to teach them and to help a husband learn how to turn to his wife in a different way than how he has been. Instead of showing up in a defensive or blaming or justifying or shutting down and avoiding type of a way. There's a way to help him through those difficult conversations so he knows how to meet his wife on a deeper, emotionally open level so they actually can connect, which is one of the biggest resources in this process. And so I love the idea of helping people learn how to turn to each other in a different way, in a way that feels safe for her without her having to bring her wall down to just get like smashed again and then get discouraged and then not trust. There's a way to do this where both people can feel comfortable and safe and learn how to connect. So if you're married, you have a built-in partner to connect with. If you're not married, that's perfectly fine. There are plenty of other ways to learn of other people that you can connect with. The key is to learn how to do that. And a part of how you do that, just very briefly, is essentially you want to figure out what's getting in the way of it. And usually it goes back to what we've talked about already in number one and two, these deeper level fears of being unworthy, fears of rejection, fears of putting yourself out there and no one caring. So being able to work through those things is how you can start to open up more vulnerably, which then helps you get that third thing met in our list of five here, this need of connection met. Number four is habits and systems. But I have a different take on this as well. It isn't just, you know, I've got a journal so I don't mess up. I've got to go to the gym and work off this energy so I don't mess up. 
It isn't, I have to have an accountability partner so I don't slip. The way that it's so important to frame this is habits and systems and healthy living behaviors are all important. And I'm a huge fan of doing individual work. And I love doing my own personal work. I love paying attention to ways that I can improve. Like I'm a, I'm a big, like I don't read, <laughs> my wife teases me because the only thing that she reads is uh, nonfiction. And the only thing that I read is fiction. It's all just like, I don't know, self, if you want to call it self-help, but it's just like ways to improve, ways to make progress. Uh, I don't, there's just, that's just, that's just what's inter- interesting to me. And the thing in this process that makes such a big difference when somebody is developing habits and systems is to not link it to overcoming the addiction. Or rather, let me rephrase that. It's to not link it to avoiding a slip. If all of what you're doing is, I got a journal, I've got to exercise, I've got to get a good night's sleep, I've got to do all this stuff for the purpose of avoiding a slip, then you've missed such a big part of this. Instead of looking backwards and trying to move away from a slip, you're looking forward and you're linking these habits and systems to the person that you want to become. It's the person that you were meant to be. And so if you say, I want to journal, I would link that to how I would frame that is I want to journal because I want to have more clarity mentally. I want to journal because I want to better understand how I'm feeling so I can I can get my needs met in a healthy way. I want to exercise because I want to develop a higher degree of strength and focus and discipline. I want to get a good night's sleep because I want to have energy in the morning to fulfill my purpose for that day. So all of what you're doing, if you link it to where you want to go and who you want to become, instead of using that as a crutch to avoid a slip or to cope with a temptation. And again, there's there, there, of course there can be a place for that, but if that's largely how you're framing these healthy living things, I think you're missing a big part of this. And there's an episode that I did a couple of weeks ago with Tony Overbay, where we talked about the expectation effect. Essentially it is, However you frame something in your mind, your mind will then make it so. So for instance, you can go back and listen to the episode. He gave some really cool examples of that. But essentially, if you frame these healthy living behaviors as a way to avoid a slip, the center of what you're doing is slips, avoiding slips. Everything is centered around slips. Instead of the center is the person that I was meant to be. Number five is and there's and this is where I was thinking, okay, what would be a good number five? Number four, these are like, in my opinion, absolutely essential. Number five, you can maybe insert multiple different things here. One of the ones that I just decided to pick and talk about today was feeding your mind. I'm a huge advocate of making sure that you are immersing yourself or you have a steady diet, as it were, of content that fulfills you, that inspires you, that uplifts you, And helps point you to the person that you want to be and live the kind of life that you want to live. And so there's a quote that I found. I do not know who said this, so I can't give credit to this. But I thought this was very, very, because most people, I don't know what the word is. Like, this was very insightful. This is very wise. Most people say, well, change will happen when you hit rock bottom. And that's the only time that it can happen. And so people who are struggling with an addiction If they're still struggling, well, that just means they don't want it bad enough. That just means they have not hit their rock bottom. And I don't believe that. I don't think that, and this is like, I I liked this quote because it gave a few other reasons how and why people change. So number one, 
So he said that people change in four seasons when they are, number one, hurt enough that they have to. So that's the whole rock bottom idea. And yes, that's true. People change in those instances or like when they hit, have those moments. Number two, when they see enough that they're inspired to. Number three, when they learn enough that they want to. And number four, when they receive enough and they're able to. And so I just think these these seasons that people change in, this is a part of what I hope this content provides for people, helping them see so they can feel inspired to then reach out and change. And again, I, I had a like I really enjoyed the time that I had when I was speaking with these people today because genuinely seemed like such good people. And multiple people said how much they just detest this addiction, how much they just loathe this and they want it out of their lives. But they keep getting stuck and triggered. And then in those moments of trigger, that's when they go back to it. And so I hope that this is providing an outlet or a way out rather that you can see that it's possible that there's a different way to do this. You don't have to do more work. It's just doing it differently, which often takes less intensity because you're doing something in a different sequence. You're approaching it in a different way to get a different outcome. So seeing enough that you're inspired to learning, I hope that you're learning as you're listening to whether it's me or reading books or other podcasts, there's so many sources of good information. And then being able to get the tools that you need to then implement and know how to be different. And so as you are considering moving forward in this year, there is a, (laughs) I wrote this thing down. I did not have this prepared. I want to pull this up here while we're speaking. Uh, One of the guys that I was working with. Okay, I got it right here. Profound. I loved his insight. He said something along the lines of my wife. It was just he and I speaking. He had not spoken to his wife yet. He said, my wife is not aware how much this is going to change the person she's married to. And I thought, man, like that is, that's good. That's exactly right. She is not aware how much the person she's married to will change. How big of an impact in your life, in your family's life, in your wife's life, at work, spiritually, she, like your life will completely change when this addiction is no longer getting in the way of the person that you were meant to be. And so with these different seasons of change, maybe you're not at your rock bottom. That's okay. You don't have to be. But for you to see that it's possible and know how much this is truly impacting you and then to know that there actually is a path for you to overcome this by just doing it differently and getting to one layer beneath what you've been working on so that all these things can fall into place. When people have that kind of an inspiration so that they truly can change and affect everybody else's life in such a positive way, like this is what I'm hoping for, for everybody who's listening to this podcast in 2023. There is no reason why you can't overcome this. If you've been struggling, and this is where I go back to what I stated in the very beginning, this will, this will be a dream come true Because everybody that I spoke to today had been struggling with this issue for over 15 years. A span of between 15 to 25 years. So if this plague has been in your life for over even a few years, and you know how much this is affecting you, I I encourage you 
to lean in and get the tools that you need, work on the layer deeper than you have been working, connect with the people who are in your corner who care about you, put habits and systems in place to propel you forward to become the husband and the father or the man that you were meant to be. And going back to this idea of feeding your mind, consistently feeding your mind with content that uplifts you, whether it's spiritual or personal development or like, like whatever it is that inspires you. This is the path whereby you can truly become free from this. Again, my, my target is within 12 weeks. And so if you need extra help, if you've been struggling with this for too long and you just want to leave this behind you and you want to do this within the next few months, I would love to support you in any way that I can. So you're more than welcome to reach out. Shoot me an email at sam at healingcouples.org. If not, totally fine. No pressure at all. But I would encourage you to take these tools or other tools that you can find and really do the work so you can find the freedom that you need and truly live the life that you're meant to live. So I look forward to watching your guys' progress. And for the people who are joining the program, I'm stoked to work with them so they can ultimately find the success and the happiness and let this weight go from their life. And so for those of you who are listening, I would encourage you to do the same. Just lean in, do the work, and know that it's possible and I'm rooting for you. And I look forward to continuing to share ideas and insights that I hope will be helpful along the way. All right, thank you, everybody. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Talk to you then. Take care. If you're a man looking to put this addiction behind you for good, then I want to invite you to join my free private Facebook community just for men. Inside the group, I'll be doing weekly live trainings, Q&A sessions, offering tools, guidance, and help, as well as it being a place where you can connect with other like-minded individuals working towards the exact same goal. You don't have to do this alone anymore, and I hope to see you inside.